0: Hello, I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, I'll be speaking to Peter Jackson. No, not the famous Lord of the Rings director, but a horticulturist with a lifetime's experience. My thanks to you, Garden. Sponsors of this podcast. My news this week includes uh, the winners of the Ruxley Rose Award at the uh, Garden Centre Association annual conference. The Ruxley Rose Award is the one that I watch very closely. Um, All members of the Garden Centre Association, you see it with the logo GCA at uh, those centres that are members they're all inspected once a year at least and have to come up to a certain standard to be able to use that GCA symbol. They also have to guarantee all the hardy plants they sell, guarantee that they will grow. And as part of the inspection that these independent uh, inspectors carry out, the whole cross-section of the garden centre operation is pointed. And so when it comes to the plant area, That's pointed for all kinds of reasons, plant quality, plant health, range, size, value for money, all those kinds of things. And then they have the Ruxley Rose Award for two garden centres that have the best plants in the country. And I say two awards because there's one for the more modest-sized garden centres, those with a turnover up to 4 million, and those with a larger turnover. And the two winners this year were Cowles up in the north-east. That wasn't a surprise. I mean, they win this award time and again. Fantastic plants people they are. And then down in Essex, uh, winning for the second time, is Perrywood Garden Centre at Tiptree. So my congratulations to uh, all the people involved, not only on those centres, but also the runners-up. Uh, It's a really tough job keeping plants in really good order, standing upright, clean, well labelled for the 365 days of the year. So congratulations folk. I need to tell you too that uh, March the 1st is the deadline for applications from uh, people wanting to take up the two-year apprenticeship at RHS Gardens. There are 16 spaces and they take uh, uh, apprentices at uh, Wisley, Hyde Hall, Hollow Car, Rosemore, and the new garden centre that's being built, uh, perhaps I should say new old, because it's a, an estate garden that's being completely renovated at Bridgewater up near Manchester. Actually, the uh, Bridgewater uh, new garden we hear will open to the public on the 30th of July... they've spent millions up there and they tell me it's very impressive I'll try and get up before it opens and the day after is the Royal Horticultural Society's annual general meeting so there are two special days there 30th and 31st of July one day they open and the next day it's the AGM when they'll be voting in a new president the incoming president looks as if he's going to be Keith Weed now it seems a <laughs> quite a remarkable name. I mean we had a, a former director called Jim Gardner, and now we're going to have a President Keith Weed. My apologies, Keith, but uh, I had to smile seems so appropriate now when it comes to advice in the garden. Uh, I bumped into a lady who said, ''Are you going to do another one of those pruning workshops?'' Last year, on a Saturday morning, at the local school, we had a workshop on pruning in their mini orchard. The trees had been pretty neglected for a long time. Some of them lent like the uh, leaning tower of Pisa, and we needed to get them staked, pulled upright and, and securely tied. And, of course, pruning an overgrown tree is quite tricky... And this lady really made my day by saying it was the highlight of her year, being shown how to prune, uh, um, and uh, would we be doing something like that again? And I think we might. Uh, uh, Not only the pruning, but I think we might have a bit of a go at grafting. These hands-on practical skills that many of us have been in the business for a long time take for granted uh, are not being passed on, and so that might be an opportunity for me to do that. I do notice at home that uh, some of the begonias that I've saved, that were dried and are in trays, under the office desk actually, are just starting to shoot and so I may start potting some of those up now. If I pot them, of course I need to keep them free from frost until well into May, so I mustn't pot too many too soon. But if you pot them early and you've got a bit of space on the windowsill that's light and warm, then, of course, they'll be in flower by May. If you've got a heated greenhouse or a conservatory that's frost-free, then you can get dahlias going too. Just pot up the dahlia tubers, and when they start to make shoots, then that's the perfect material for cutting. Dahlia cuttings need to be quite young. Uh, If they're more than two or three inches tall, then the stems get very hollow and it's difficult to get them to root. Little short cuttings, cut quite low will have a solid base and and that will root much easier. Uh, You need to look carefully because if you cut low enough to have that solid base uh, to get it to root easily but leave just um, a pair of leaf scars just below your cut then two more cuttings will come from where you've cut off the first Uh, uh, that might sound a bit difficult but if you actually start to uh, pot a tuber up get it to grow and then re-listen to what I'm saying (laughs) I think you'll see two to three inches run your eye down very close to the base but two little tiny bracty bits you leave behind and then you'll get two more cuttings come from where you've cut. What's on? Well the British Irish Society have their early spring show at Wisley on the 8th of February and then at uh, Wisley they've got uh, the next day a course on lawn care. So uh, two reasons to go to Wisley Just hope the traffic's not too bad on the M25 for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood f. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. My interview guest today is a long-term friend, Peter Jackson recently retired from Scottsdale's garden centre in Cambridge uh, and I think uh, quite regularly heard on the local radio is that correct Peter you're just a bit out you're a bit out of my region but that's no excuse is it no
1: no excuse now but it's very correct I go on quite regularly on the local radio
0: yeah Peter you know how did you get into it I mean as far as I was concerned you've just always been at Scottsdale. (laughs)
1: Well yes, I mean I I started my love of horticulture at a very early age with the great thanks of uh, a wonderful grandmother who used to um, kind of look after me in my younger days and uh, gave me a little plot of garden to um, sow seed and dig holes and do do what we do and the love carried on and um, it was lucky enough to be in the very early days of the garden centres And I well remember uh, a careers officer saying to me, there's no career in that lad. There's no career. Um, (laughs) Yet I had over 50 wonderful years at the garden center. And uh, like you and other horticulturalists, you know, over the decades have seen such tremendous changes. And um, I've loved. Every minute of it, and I can honestly say that.
0: You have been alongside David Rayner. Yes. We have got some wonderful characters in this business, haven't we?
1: We've got a lot of wonderful characters, and um, a lot of them aren't recognised enough in in my estimation.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he's only happy when he's sitting in a big digger. I mean, how old are you? He must, he must 91, be
1: 91, 92, something like that now.
0: And still driving a combine and still, still digging. doing it. his bit. <laughs> now, one of the reasons I was very keen to speak to you today, Peter, is that I heard, sadly, the news that, that Lawrence Flatman has just died. Yes. Uh, a great friend of mine, and I think an even greater friend of yours.
1: Yes, I got on feelingly well with Lawrence. Um The first time I met him would be the late 1960s, and from then on until, well, very recently, very, very best of friends and colleagues, and um, one of the few people I can call an absolute true friend.
0: He started with Alan Bloom uh, um, immediately from school, as I recall it, and, and... Uh, I think Alan was a bit casual about this young whippersnapper's arrival and said he'd give him a week's trial or something. And (laughs) apart from national service, rather like you, he, he worked there for the rest of his life.
1: That's right. And, you know, kind of looking back, you know, over the decades he worked there, the changes he must have seen in horticulture you know from the early days of when you grew the plants through the through the growing season dispatched them through the autumn and the winter in bare root form um to what it was when when he left where it was dispatching seven days a week 52 weeks of the year
0: yeah and 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 pretty well everything in containers that's right you know he started with everything in the field or in small clay pots and yeah and then saw that tremendous change.
1: That's right. I mean, we started with the word seasons, and, um, well, you know, there hardly isn't a season now that uh, we're not planting or dispatching plants.
0: Now, Lawrence, as well as working on the, the Blooms Nurseries at Bressingham in Diss, he went out to the garden centre industry, and and I think actually came to you, didn't he, at, at weekends? To- yes.
1: We had many wonderful weekends with Lawrence, uh, weekends and bank holidays, and he was an absolute gem. Although he probably travelled the furthest to get to the garden centre, he was always the first one to arrive. He'd walk the garden centre, and any plant that was laid down, he would stand up. Any plant that needed watering, he would water. If it was in the wrong position, he would replace it he was a he was a plantsman through and through
0: yeah, and a really lovely gentle countryman, wasn't he?
1: yes, very softly spoken um, had wonderful knowledge um which he would help anyone. he didn't suffer fools gladly <laughs> um, you know, but um you know who who does but um he would help anyone, and he could hold his own anywhere. I was lucky enough to attend many trade shows in in England and in Holland with Lawrence and everyone seemed to know him yeah it didn't matter where you went they all knew Lawrence
0: and so did you actually go to Dutch nurseries with him then
1: yes we used to go over at least once a year and um we used to walk the nurseries to look at the the quality and the availability and 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 everything else and um Lawrence was always there with his, uh, with his little camera and his notebook. And um, one wonder, wonderful story you probably know in Holland, the huge hectares of nursery, both under glass and, and outside. But they always seemed to have radios playing this rather loud music. And uh, Lawrence wasn't very keen on this, really and he always used to make it his goal to seek out the radio and turn it off. <laughs> and the remarkable thing was all the workers and, and people around the nurseries never even noticed it. No, you I... know, you'd think the music would go off and there'd be, you know, up, upturned heads and raised eyebrows, but, you know, they just carried on working as if, well, as if nothing had happened.
0: <laughs> Almost as eccentric as, as the late Alan Bloom, because I remember Lawrence telling me, that in the early days, uh, at the end of a working day, Alan would go into the waste paper baskets to find envelopes that he tore open to use as scrap paper and stubs of pencils that he would reclaim. (laughs) (laughs) So Lawrence was sort of brought up under, shall we say... an economical uh, yes, regime,
1: absolutely. But
0: I mean, Alan wasn't easy, but Lawrence was alongside him all the time, wasn't all he? All
1: the time, and um, we know, spent many many happy hours with with Lawrence and and his lovely wife Doreen, you know, talking about past experiences. And I think look, the the beauty with Lawrence it was it was it was true knowledge. It was it was to hand. He'd done it. It wasn't learnt from textbooks or CDs or all these YouTubes and things like that. It was actual hands-on knowledge, you know, which you know, in the industry at the moment
0: is becoming greatly missed. He won't be uh, forgotten in that we have the hardy geranium named after him.
1: Absolutely. Geranium cinerarum Lawrence Flatman. Yeah. Um, a beautiful plant. A well, Funny story, he was at the plant information center at Scottsdale's one weekend, and I was with him. And this lovely lady came into the uh, information center holding two of, of his geraniums. And uh, She didn't know who she was talking to, and Lawrence didn't let on, and she asked, "How, uh, you know, how is the best to look after this plant? And with that wonderful smile of Lawrence's, um, he just said to the lady, Mr Flatman likes a dry warm bed a little food and water as required and left left to do of things that he wants to do and the lady looked at him and said that sounds ideal and went off holding her two plants
0: oh <laughs> uh, what a great story
1: well yes I mean he, he was he was a great great character um, had mean a many lovely Days with him, um, even in the latter years after he's retired and became ill, I used to visit with old nursery catalogues, and we've um, got some a 1929 uh, Hardy plant and Alpine list from from the old nursery uh, of Ingelworsen. And you know, looking through that catalogue and looking at some of the blooms catalogues, which I still have of 1974 and things like that, many of those varieties still in there. And he knew the people. He knew you know, the Percy Pipers and the Morris Pritchards and Morris Mason, William Robinson, You know, people people like that. He was he was absolutely au okay fait with.
0: Well, you mentioned Morris Pritchard. Of course, he was almost a mirror image uh, for some years at Bressingham to Lawrence, wasn't he? The two of them.
1: Exactly. I think you know Morris tended to do the herbaceous perennials, and uh, Al- and uh, Lawrence did the alpine.
0: Yes. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd sort of half forgotten that until I sit here talking to you about mm. it, yeah. How often did he come to Scottsdale then, doing those weekends?
1: Oh, for a good good few years, um, you know, until his health kind of took a dip a bit and uh, things like that, and then he very reluctantly stepped back but we still kept in communication. You know, I'd visit him, he'd come and visit me, stay the weekends. Um, you know, we've had many, many lovely times together.
0: You know, I remember him, of course, on the Herbaceous the Blooms, Herbaceous Exhibits at Chelsea. Yes. Um, and then working with Adrian, of course, when conifers were introduced in some quantity.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I think he was so open-minded. He, he took change... As it came, he didn't always agree with it, but you know, as we said, over the last decades, many, many changes. But Lawrence embraced them. He didn't always agree with them, but um, he gave it his best. And uh, you know, whether you spoke to him about you know the conifers, the herbaceous, the alpines, whatever. I mean, you know, he knew an awful lot, but he was very certain. If you asked him a question he didn't know, he would admit it, but he would go out and find the answer.
0: And and that's the true sign of a good source of information, isn't it? Absolutely. I like those people who say, I don't know. Yes. Then, then you, you can trust pretty well everything that comes from them from yeah. that point yeah. onwards.
1: It's impossible for, for anyone to know it all. But um, he knew an awful lot, which, which was wonderful, but um, he also knew his limits and he, and he admitted them.
0: And he was never really recognised or honoured. I mean, you know, there's uh, the Royal Horticultural Society honours. He deserved to be remembered in that way.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. No, I mean, we've lost a wonderful character, a wonderful friend, a wonderful plantsman. Um, You know, you can go on. It's just uh, a very, very, very sad time horticulture and the plants people will miss him but as you say we're very lucky to have his geranium and like you and many other people uh, within horticulture have so many wonderful memories of him
0: yes um, and peter we won't forget him
1: absolutely thank
0: you thank you very much for uh, joining us today look forward to seeing you fairly soon it's
1: my pleasure thank you very much
0: My thanks to this week's sponsor, You Garden, and of course my producer, Rich Jarman, and to you for listening. All being well, we'll be back next week. Hold
1: up.